0: i oh, of the October 7th war. IDF fatalities since the start of the October 7 massacre have risen to 574. That's up by four since our last update. The people of Israel grieve for the families of Staff Sergeant Rotem Sahar Hadar, 20, Staff Sergeant Noam Haba, 21, Sergeant First Class Reserves Ori Yaish, 27, Staff Sergeant Simon Shlomov, 20, and we salute them for their heroism. And ultimate sacrifice. An update on the October 7 hostage crisis, Hamas continues to hold 134 hostages in captivity, including 130 from the October 7 massacre. Of those hostages, 32 are known to be dead, with Hamas holding onto their bodies. That is, nearly one quarter of the hostages have either been murdered in captivity or were murdered at the time of their abduction. That number was revised after kibbutz near Oz announced at the end of last week that Yair Yaakov, abducted from his home on the kibbutz on October 7th, was in fact killed. He is survived by his partner Mirav and teenage sons Or and Yagil, who were also abducted on October 7th and were mostly released during the last hostage release pause in November. Israel will continue to do everything to release the hostages still trapped in the Hamas terror dungeons to date, 112 112 live hostages have been three freed through a combination of strong military pressure and tough negotiations, and the Prime Minister has underscored that that is the formula for liberating all the others. Alongside the determined military effort, therefore, Israel remains in continuous contact with the mediating countries to advance a framework for the release of all 134 hostages. Prime Minister Netanyahu has called for the exertion of pressure, not only on Hamas, but also on Qatar, in view of its ability to pressure Hamas as the host country of Hamas's international leadership. And in light of Hamas's financial dependence on Qatar, Doha can press Hamas as no one else can. And we call on the international community to press Qatar to press Hamas so that we can bring back all of the hostages home. IDF's activities against the Hamas terror infrastructure in the NASA hospital in Khan Yunis. Over the past week, the IDF has been conducting a precise and targeted operation against Hamas in the NASA hospital in Khan Yunis. It's done so on the basis of concrete intelligence about Hamas terrorists operating from inside and around the hospital, of course, in flagrant violation of international law. Hamas, we believe, has been using that hospital to hold hostages and potentially their bodies, and also previously as a base for rocket attacks. Before the start of this precise operation, given the sensitivity, the IDF took three actions in pursuance with its obligations under international law, and important to stress going well beyond those legal obligations. One, On February 13th, the IDF conveyed a formal demand to the Hamas Health Ministry in Gaza that Hamas cease military activity in the hospital immediately, and that its military operatives leave the hospital. It warned that if that demand were ignored, it would reserve the right to act against these violations in accordance with international law. Two, the IDF facilitated evacuations of civilians seeking shelter from the hospital, securing humanitarian corridors out of the hospital. It made clear there is no order for patients or staff to evacuate the hospital, on the contrary uninvolved civilians should evacuate this Hamas stronghold for their own safety, so Hamas cannot use them as human shields. And three, critically, the IDF ensured that the NASA hospital remained operational throughout the mission, and therefore coordinated the transfer of medical equipment and supplies, including oxygen tanks and fuels for electricity, at the request of the hospital. Throughout all this, the IDF and Israel's leadership have been clear. We seek no harm to innocent civilians. We seek only to bring our hostages and bring them home. We seek to hunt down Hamas terrorists wherever they may be hiding. <laughs> During the operation, the IDF arrested hundreds of suspected terrorists, including some posing as medical staff, and over 20 individuals who participated in the October 7 massacre. We have already released some of their names and identities. Following interrogations, we can confirm that hostages were indeed held at the NASA hospital, and we have information The bodies of murdered hostages were held there too. Troops scouring the hospital found large quantities of Hamas weapons inside, including mortar shells, grenades and AK-47s, as well as a vehicle used in the October 7 massacre itself. Shockingly, troops also found boxes of medicine designated for Israeli hostages still sealed. Together with knowledge that neither of the hostages freed in last week's rescue mission received the medications earmarked for them, we have of course strong grounds to suspect that Hamas never delivered any of those medicines to the hostages. Throughout the targeted operation against Hamas in the NASA hospital, IDF troops were instructed to ensure the continuous functioning of the hospital and we facilitated continue to facilitate the provision of humanitarian aid to patients. That humanitarian aid includes a tanker of 24,500 litres of diesel fuel. Hundreds of water bottles, hundreds of battle rations, hundreds of loaves of bread, 100 units of baby food and medicines donated by the World Health Organization, despite its continued cover-up of Hamas's abuse of the hospital. On Friday... Israeli troops worked to repair the hospital's generator following a malfunction, while Shayetid-13 special forces brought a replacement generator to the hospital, while also supplying food for infants and water to the hospitals, in addition to those 24,500 litres of diesel fuel to maintain hospital activity. This comes in the context, of course, of Hamas's long-standing and documented strategy of exploiting hospitals for military purposes, as we've seen across the Gaza Strip, And those tunnels under the Shifa hospital, of course, only the most egregious example. Our intelligence indicates over 85% of major medical facilities in Gaza have been abused by Hamas for terror operations. Unfortunately, Hamas is committing these abuses knowing that the Red Cross and World Health Organization will turn a blind eye, given the shameful lack of donor state demands for accountability, negligence that has risked and potentially cost lives. We hear from international agencies that hospitals must be protected, of course, so an important reminder on what international law actually says. International law is clear, that under no circumstances may hospitals be used to shield military operations. None. Hamas knows this, and therefore it does the opposite. Article 19 of the Fourth Geneva Convention makes it clear civilian hospitals may, however, lose their protections when they are used to commit acts harmful to the enemy. The wording of the Geneva Conventions, that is... Military activities, and that protection may cease after due warning has been given, stipulating a reasonable time limit, and after such warning has remained unheeded. That is the relevant international law. Tragically, the World Health Organization continues to cover up Hamas's militarization of hospitals and to deliberately turn a blind eye as Hamas wages war out of hospitals and jeopardizes their for protections the world must condemn Hamas for its internationally unlawful military exploitation of protected facilities which has deliberately endangered civilians. International law does not grant immunity to terrorists simply because they choose to hide in the basement of a hospital. And Israel rejects all attempts to weaponize international law to attempt to give legal cover to the nation of Palestinian children, as foreign donor states are, of course, aware. Hamas continues to use UNRWA facilities to store weapons, base tunnel shafts, hide its fighters, and launch missiles. UNRWA is a Hamas front, and its international leadership continues to cover up Hamas' infiltration of the agency. It continues to blame Israel to cover up its own incompetence and complicity with Hamas's theft of aid. Just last week, we released photos of the cargo from 500 trucks full of aid pising, piling up on the Garson side of Karim Shalom, that's three days full of humanitarian aid, waiting for the UN to collect it. And that should put to rest the frankly ridiculous allegations that Israel is not admitting enough aid into Gaza when there is still excess capacity at the Israeli crossings and more than the UN is able to pick up on the other side. The Defence Minister has therefore instructed the Defence Establishment to begin transferring aid delivery responsibilities to other agencies and organisations which are not in cahoots with terrorists and we urge the international community to work with us to make sure that civilians who receive aid, the civilians who need it, and make sure that terrorists cannot steal it. Finally, an update from the northern front. Uh, in the north, Hezbollah continues its aggression against Israeli communities. We saw, of course, the massive barrage of rockets uh, at the end of last week, which killed one female soldier. The IDF continues to increase readiness in the northern arena with brigade-level exercises and preparation for combat in winter weather conditions. We repeat our warning. Hezbollah must back off or we will have to push it away. We cannot, nor will we, accept the ongoing displacement of around 100,000 Israelis for over four months now, and the continued shelling of their homes. The Prime Minister has been clear, this government is committed to returning citizens safely to their homes, that is the foremost obligation of the state, and this will be achieved diplomatically or militarily, and of course, we strongly prefer a diplomatic option based on UN Security Council Resolution 1701. That's it for today's update. We'll, of course, take your questions. Thank you. You have been listening to the Israeli Hamas war update. My name is Gina, Come to you here from Surrey in the UK. And many thanks to listeners from Maryland, New York, California. Thank you so much. And listeners from Sweden, Germany, the UK island thank you a great deal australia and new zealand and denmark thank you a great deal as you very well know we are available for you to listen on bullhorn fm spotify iHeartRadio, radio um, google and other apps as well my name is Gina, and signing off now on lms radio and i do hope to see you next time Thank <laughs> you.